Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you, oh Lord. You've been so good to me, Lord. You've been so good to me, Lord. You've been so good to me, I just want to thank you. I just want to praise you. I just want to praise you. I just want to praise you, oh Lord. You've been so good to me, Lord. You've been so good to me, Lord. You've been so good to me. I just want to praise you. Amen, amen. God bless you, children of God. I do greet each of you once again in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ, our soon-coming King, our strength and our Redeemer. For those of you worshiping with us for the first time, I am Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center Church Worldwide, headquarters in Kinston, North Carolina, USA, and I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Living the Word, where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's people all over the world. We bring you greetings from the great country of Nigeria, City Lagos, where Jesus Christ is Lord, and besides him there is none other. We pray that the Lord is blessing you and that you are experiencing the abundant life that Jesus Christ came for me you to enjoy. Understand something, my brother and my sister. If you're not enjoying the abundant life, then that's nobody's fault but your own. Because God, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So Christ came for you and for I to have the abundant life. Now, we're not experiencing the abundant life. It's something we're not doing right. And we need to find out and listen to the Lord and hear from him as to what it is so that we can experience the abundant life. My prayer for you, each one of you, is that God will uh, show you even more clearly how to obtain the abundant life. Praise the living God. We're going to take a look, saints, today at something the Lord was just dealing with me on my spirit from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. Matthew, chapter 6, verses 
14 and 15. From the New International Version, as Jesus was speaking to various groups about various things, he said something to his hearers in regards to forgiveness. Jesus told his disciples, he said, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, Jesus says, your heavenly father will also forgive you. Once again, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. Now, it's not written, but when we sin against him, and we're going to work from a theme this morning, children of God, if you forgive, if you or if I, if we forgive, let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you once again for another day that you have blessed us to see. Everyone who went to sleep last night did not get to wake and see this day. But Father, you destined and decreed for us to see it. Father, we pray right now that we forgive those who have sinned against us in order that you might forgive us the many times that we have sinned against you. Father, we have not obtained it all yet. We have not been made perfect. But, Father, one thing we do is we press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of us. We pray, Heavenly Father, that as we study your word this afternoon, that you will speak into our hearts and to our minds. Reveal ourselves to us. We know that you see everything in us, the good things, the bad things, the right things, the wrong things. But, Father, we don't see everything that is in us. Reveal ourselves to us, Heavenly Father, that we may do better. Do better toward one another. Do better toward you. For we are all works in progress. Father, I pray right now that you bless my brother's new wedding in Uganda. Brother Jacosa, Apostle, God bless you. Father, we pray that he and his wife experience your peace, your blessings. Let it be upon that marriage and that family, that your name might be glorified, that your name might be praised. These and all other blessings we ask in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ. Let God's people say, Amen. If you 
forgive. And that goes for me, too, as the Lord was talking to me, as well as all of us in these select scriptures. If you forgive. We see Jesus talking in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 on down in regards to prayer. Now, one thing the Lord immediately has in my spirit, children of God, God says, Robert, anything for me or to me that you can do right, you can also do it wrong. Anything that we can do for God or to God right, we can also do it wrong. As we look at prayer in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus gave his disciples instructions regarding prayer so that we would not be praying wrong. I go into churches, I go into countries, I go into nations all all every year with men and women who are doing things to God or doing things for God, but they're doing them wrong, whether it be prayer, whether it be fasting, whether it be giving. Jesus said, when you pray, Jesus said, do not be like the hypocrites. In other words, Jesus said, look, the hypocrites don't please me. The hypocrites don't move my heart. The hypocrites don't get me to respond. You say, Apostle, what are you saying to me? You need to understand, child of God, that the wrong prayer can cause God not to move in your life. Just like the right prayers can cause God to move in your life. My prayer for every one of us is that we will do it right so that God will move on our behalf. Jesus said, do not be like the hypocrites. Some of us run right out and do just like the hypocrites. Jesus said, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrite. Now, a hypocrite was a term that was used for a play actor much like our actors today that come on television. These people are playing the role of a doctor or playing the role of a lawyer or playing the role. But they're not real doctors on TV most of the time, or they're not real lawyers. Uh, uh, We were watching a show um, here a few weeks ago, and um, it's a show about uh, individuals that go and repossess cars that individuals have not paid on time for, and so they come in and uh, repossess the vehicle. And I, as I watched the program and watched some of the cases that were uh, going on, something didn't sit well in my spirit. It just didn't. It didn't look real to me. 
And, you know, I had a discussion, one of the saints, we were, we were discussing about it, but it just, just didn't look real. I, in my spirit, I was like, that's not how, you know, uh, people would operate in it. Something just, it just didn't feel right. Well, went online and looked up the show and came to find out that what they were doing on the show was reenactments of real cases. In other words, it wasn't real, but they, but they were reenacting cases that were real. You say, Apostle, what does that have to do with our lesson today? Well, as we look at our select scriptures, Jesus instructs his disciples not to be like reenactors, not to be like hypocrites, not to be like people who are just play acting. Jesus says, do not be like the hypocrites. Jesus said, look, you know, and what I'm hearing the Lord in my spirit, God wants our relationship with him to be real. I want to encourage you, child of God, let your relationship and your dealings with God be real. You think about us as human beings. You know, we don't want to have a husband or a wife that is cheating on us or a boyfriend or a girlfriend that is cheating on us because we don't want to be look foolish and to be made the fool out. We want, if an individual says they love us, husband, wife, fiance, boyfriend, girlfriend, we want that love to be real. Well, God wants our relationship with him to be real. God does not want a hypocritical form of worship, a hypocritical relationship. He wants us to be the same way we want others to be real with us. Uh, God wants us to be real with him. Now, Jesus said, now he, Jesus said, here's the problem with the hypocrites. Scripture says, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Jesus said, look, what the problem is with hypocrites, then as well as now, when individuals like to be seen by others. In other words, they're not praying because they're really trying to commune with God and really trying to get closer to God and really trying to understand what God's will is for, for their life. They want to be seen by others. My prayer for every soul under the sound of my voice is that we will not be hypocrites in our relationship. We won't be hypocritical prayers. We won't be hypocritical givers. We won't be hypocritical fasters. We won't be hypocritical... God, now, now, Jesus didn't say it was a sin to be seen by men. What this scripture is letting us know is the problem Jesus had is when your motive is to be seen by men, not your motive so that you can get closer to God or so that you can understand God's will. or you. Mm -mm. Their motive, Jesus said they, they stand on the street corners and they pray in the synagogues. They do what they do to be seen by men. Jesus said they're hypocrites. 
If you are doing either what you are doing to be seen by men or you're not doing to keep from being seen by men, you're a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. Now, hypocrite can go in both both directions. Either individuals can be doing things to be seen by men or they can be working with their heart so that men don't see them do this. You know, there are some people that just don't want you to see them doing this. Not that they don't, they're going to stop doing it or you're not going to do it, but they don't want you to see. Either way, is a hypocrite. God wants us to be straightforward. I had to tell one thing, something earlier today, and as the Lord's been dealing with me in regards to uh, righteousness and faithfulness, that we don't do right and be faithful because of somebody or in spite of somebody. We do righteousness because it's the right thing to do. You know, if if if, if you are uh, faithful to your girlfriend just because of your girlfriend, then you're not really being faithful. You're being faithful to your 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 husband or just be, or your boyfriend just because of your husband or but you're not really being faithful. Faithfulness has to first be a change that is taking place inside of the individual. So that whether you have your boyfriend or whether you don't have your boyfriend, faithfulness is how you are. Whether you have your girlfriend or whether you don't have your girlfriend, faithfulness is how you are. I want to encourage you, my brother and my sister. Let us be faithful, whether people are looking or whether people are not looking. You know, if some characters, just as soon as they get away from their wife or as soon as they get away from their girlfriend, they're ready to get into something bad. Well, these are characters that are not faithful. God wants us to be faithful, whether we are with our wife or our husband or whether we are apart from our wife or our husband, whether we are with our friends or away from our friends, let faithfulness be who we are. Jesus said it's not the case with hypocrites. They like to be seen or they like to keep others from seeing. Jesus said, truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? The problem with hypocritical worship or hypocritical relationship with God is that there is no reward from God at the end. My encouragement to everyone under the sound of my voice, we want to do what we're doing so that at the end of the day, God rewards us. So that when we stand before God on judgment and our determination of our soul's destination is being made, we want to hear God say, well done. Good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Come on up. Let me make you rule over many. We don't want to get to the end of the day and God on judgment have no reward for us. Because we were what, what we were doing, we were doing it to be seen of men. Or we were doing what we were doing not to be seen of men. Jesus said, truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But then he comes down here, and we're going to move on down after verse 6. Jesus comes on down here, and he tells us the correct way to pray. My prayer for you, my prayer for me, 
is that we will hear God in our spirits in regards to the correct way to pray, in regards to the correct way to fast, in regards to the correct way to give, in regards to the correct way so that we can have full reward at the end of the day. Jesus said, but when you pray, Jesus said, these are to, to my disciples, to my, my, my servants, because just like you can pray wrong, Jesus says, now I'm telling you how to pray right. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you openly. You say, Apostle, what does that mean to me? That means that God rewards and punishes people based on what they do in secret. There are some people who are being punished in life openly because of what they do in secret. There are some people that are being blessed openly because of what they do in secret. My prayer for each one of us is that we will be rewarded openly, that our behavior in secret will be of such a magnitude that God will see fit to reward us openly. Well, the disciples wanted to know how to pray. Disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Disciples were saying, Lord, we don't want to be doing this sacred act wrongly. My prayer for you and everyone, every soul under the sound of my voice, we will not do the sacred acts wrongly. Just like we can come together for worship and do it right, we can come together for worship and do it wrong. Paul had to tell a number of the saints in the Corinthian church, this is why a number of you have fallen asleep or a number of you have died and a number of you are weak and sick because they were coming together and doing things that they ought not to do. And as a result, some of the people had died, some of the people were weak, some of the people were sick. Let us not just come together. No, 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 I'm not interested in just because we're coming together, but let's come together right. I'm not interested in, oh, Apostle, we prayed for seven hours last night. My question is not how long you prayed last night. My question is whether you prayed right. God is a God of righteousness. And I'm here to let you to know, my brother and my sister, it is better to say a few words right than to speak a multitude of words wrong. It is more important that your doctrine be sound then your doctrine be popular. Uh, you know, I see the broadcast. Sometimes I got a few little saints in here with me. Sometimes I got a few more. Well, that doesn't matter. What remains constant is my instruction from God. 
to preach the word in season and out of season. You see, sometimes individuals tailor the, the word to the people, you know. Sometimes individuals say what the people want here. Listen to me, my brother and my sister. God wants us to t- tell the people what he says, whether it is popular, whether it is unpopular, whether men like it, whether men don't like it. Preach the word. Our job or our responsibility as pastors and elders, overseers, bishops, is to tell God's people what God says, whether they like it or not. And if we do that, my brother or my sister, we will not lose our reward on Judgment Day. My hope and my prayer for every soul under the sound of my voice, is that you will not lose your reward on Judgment Day. I had a friend of mine contact me a couple of days ago. I had not heard from him sometime, and we began to communicate. He's got sons that are playing a lot of sports and are doing well, and he is uh, very much into uh, the sons and their participation in sports. But as we were communicating, the Lord placed it in my spirit to tell him that his purpose, his main purpose in this life is to get as close to God as he possibly can. Our purpose In this thing called life, God lets us do all kinds of things. He lets us watch TV and he lets us go to the movies. He lets us, you know, have it. He lets us do so many things. But the reason why we are created, the reason why we are in this life, you ever wonder where you were before you were in this life, before you were in this world? You ever wonder where you were? Because you were somewhere. I was somewhere. Just like when we leave this life or we leave this world, we will be somewhere. Where were you before you were in this life, before you came into this world? Some of you have no idea. But the reality is, my brother or my sister, you and I, before we came into this world that we are now in, We were in the mind of God. I've shared with many congregations around the world that a billion years from now, you, me, we will still be existing. Now, as where? That's the question. Will we be in the presence of God and of the angels where there'll be no more crying, no more pain, no more, or will we be in a lake of fire? and burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. There, the Bible says, they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So, we know that we will live on or we will exist forever. 
But what many of you don't know is that not only will we live on or exist forever, but you have existed. I have existed forever. In the beginning, the Bible says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. In other words, where was Jesus before 2,000 years ago when he came in the likeness of sinful man? He was with God. In the Old Testament, before Jesus was physically manifested, where was he? Who was he? He was the word of God. So when God said, let there be light, Jesus was the word that came up out of God's mouth and created light. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So people that think that Jesus was just somebody that came along 2,000 years ago, they don't really understand who he was. He was with God. He was just in a different form. Well, understand this, my brother. Understand this, my sister. You and I were with God in the beginning. We were just in a different form. We were in the mind. God says you were in my mind. God says just as I told Jeremiah before I formed you in your mother's womb, God says, I knew you. So listen to me, my brother, my sister. You are an eternal being. You are a being that has always existed and you will always exist. The only question that I have is where will you exist? My prayer for every one of us is that we will exist in the presence of God. Well, the disciples, they wanted to know how to pray. Jesus said, when you pray, don't, verse 7, look at verse 7. Jesus said, when you pray, don't keep on babbling like pagans. I go into so many churches, pastors babbling, congregations babbling. I'm like, are these people reading the Bible or is it just for decoration? Jesus said, when you pray, do not keep own babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? That means that it's not how many words we speak in prayer that causes God to hear. It's whether or not we are speaking them properly. God would rather see you and I speak two words properly than to speak 102 words improperly. Jesus said they think they will be heard because of their many words. Jesus says, Robert, many words do not move me. But God says what moves me is when you do it like I have said. I want to encourage you, children of God. Let us please God by doing things like God said. There's a difference between pleasing men and pleasing God. You know, men like babbling. That's why men that's why men do it. That's why men like a lot of words. Men like a lot of noise. Men like that's men. 
But God likes righteousness. God likes faithfulness. God likes truth. My prayer for every soul, everyone under the sound of my voice is that we'll be righteous. We'll be faithful. We'll be true. Jesus said, do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Jesus then told his disciples, look at verse 9. Now, this is very important because so many of us call this the Lord's Prayer. You know, our Father, which art in heaven, listen to me, my brothers and my sisters. That's not the Lord's Prayer. That's the disciples' prayer. It's been wrongly termed the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is not the Lord. It's the disciples. Look at verse 9. Jesus said to his disciples, this then is how you should pray. Jesus said, look, I don't have to pray to the Father like this. Jesus said, I don't have to talk to the Father like this. Jesus said, there's aspects of this prayer that I never have to say to the Father. But you, Robert Bryant, you, Peter, you, James, John, you, this then is how you should pray. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? That means that the way we pray to God and the way Jesus prays to God are two different things. Why? Because us and Jesus are two different things. How? Jesus had and never shall have any sin. You and I, we sin every what? Day. Jesus told his disciples, this is how you should pray. But Jesus said, you all have to deal with that thing called sin in your life. Jesus did not have to deal with sin in his life. So Jesus said, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus could say all of that with us. But verse 12, Jesus could not stay with us. This is why Jesus told his disciples, this then is how you should pray. Because Jesus, I'm hearing him in the spirit. Verse 12 did not apply to Jesus. Verse 12 said, and forgive us our debts or forgive us our sins or forgive us our trespasses. Jesus, I'm hearing right now, Robert, in my spirit, Jesus said, Robert, I didn't have any debts. I didn't have any trespasses. I didn't have any sins. But you have debts. You have trespasses. You have sins. All of us have some things that Jesus never had. One, that's why we cry, Abba, Father, which means Father by adoption. Jesus, listen, listen, children of God. Jesus was God's only begotten son. Begotten means you came from an individual's natural loins. Jesus came naturally from God. You and I have to be adopted into the Holy Family. Jesus didn't have to be born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, you must be what? Born again. Jesus didn't have to be born again. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus said, Robert, I just had to be born. Mm. See, when you and I come into the world, we are conceived in sin. We are shaping in iniquity. But when Jesus came into the world, he came into the world righteous. He came into the world holy. 
He came into the world pure. He received the Holy Spirit not to help him overcome sin, which is why you and I received the Holy Spirit. Help us overcome sin and do the works of the ministry. Jesus only received the Holy Spirit to help him do the works of the ministry, not to overcome sin. So understand something, my brother and my sister. Though there are many similarities between us and Jesus, there is one major difference. Jesus never sinned. Jesus never had to be forgiven of his sins because he had no sin. But you and I, yeah, we sin. We sin against God every day. We sin against God every night. So Jesus said, look, in verse 14, if you forgive other people, Jesus said, now you you got to make sure of this now. This is why we don't pray that people die by any kind of fire. Because what we end up doing, the same measure we meet out on others is going to be met out on us. What we do, you say, Apostle, what do we do then? We forgive others. Like Jesus said, for if you forgive other people, not pray that they die, not hope that the evil goes back to them. I've even heard here in Nigeria people talk about back to sender. No, no back to sender. No, forgive them, Father. We pray like Jesus prayed on the cross. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Not Father, back to sender, this evil that they're doing to me, send it back to No, no, no. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You say, Apostle, what is God trying to let us understand? See, sometimes people don't know what they're doing. You know, sometimes people don't know what they're saying. So I, you know, sometimes we speak things we don't know. The Lord was dealing with me earlier today about uh, individuals that we hear about on the news. Maybe we heard that they committed a crime or we heard that they did some atrocious thing and we get upset and we get angry. And God said, how do you know they did it, Robert? Were you there? Did you see him do it? I was like, no, Lord. He's like, oh, you just heard that they did it. We've got to be careful, children of God. See, just because we hear something on TV or we hear something on the news, or that doesn't make it true. You know, or they reported that that this person killed all of these people. Did we see him kill them? How do we know? So we've got to be very, very careful. Jesus said, "If you forgive other people, I want to encourage you." Brother and my sister, let us forgive one another. Do we make mistakes? Yes. Every one of us, from the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, the bishop, the elder, the overseer, we make mistakes. All of us. Every single day. Jesus said, if you forgive others, Jesus said, I'm going to do something special for you. If you forgive others. Jesus said, I'm going to forgive you when you sin against God. My prayer for every one of you, every one of us, is that we will forgive others. 
that we too might be forgiven of our sins. We'll forgive others when they sin against us, when they say the wrong thing to us or they do the wrong thing to us. We'll forgive. We'll forgive. So that we can be forgiven when we say the wrong thing to God, when we do the wrong thing to God, when we behave the wrong way toward God. For if you forgive other people, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But, Lord said, if you're praying that they die, you and what the Lord is bringing my spirit now, on one occasion, the Lord asked Solomon to ask of him anything that he wanted. And Solomon said, give me wisdom, Lord, so that I can lead this great people of yours. Give me wisdom. He he didn't ask for money. He didn't ask for a long life. He didn't ask for the death of his enemies. He asked for wisdom. And God told God told Solomon that he was so pleased with that response. God says, because you ask for wisdom and not for wealth, for long life, or for the death of your enemies, God says, I'm going to give you what you ask for. Well, I'm gonna, God says, I'm going to give you the wisdom that you ask for. But then God said, but I also am going to give you what you have not asked for. Wealth, long life, the death of his enemies. In other words, Solomon's enemies were eliminated not because he was asking for his enemies to be eliminated, but because he was so pleasing to God that God saw fit to remove any enemies against this great man. My prayer for you is that you will please God in such a way that he will see fit to remove your enemies, to move your enemies. Not you trying to do it, not you trying to pray for it, not me trying to do it, not me trying to pray for it, but that we will focus our attention on only what is doing, what is pleasing in the eyesight of God. And we will give space for God to move and to remove from our life any person, place, or thing that is trying to come against us. Jesus said, if you don't forgive others when they sin, Jesus said, simple, God will not forgive you when you sin. So my brothers and my sisters, that's the message. That's the message. We pray that each one of you have been blessed today at the preaching and teaching of God's Word. Understand, my brother and my sister, that when you do good, good comes back to you. Eventually, at some point, when you do evil, I'm a living witness, evil comes back to you. At some point, at some juncture, you say, Apostle, what do we do? Let us do good. Even if others are doing evil to us, the scripture tells us, you know, we don't just 
pray for and bless those who do good to us. But for those who despitefully use us, who persecute us, who say all manner of evil against us falsely, let us do good to them as well. Some of us think that we're going to be judged on our treatment of the ones we love. You know, but God lets us know that we're going to be judged on our treatment of, of those that we didn't really like, those that we considered our enemies. Wouldn't it be something if, you know, we planning to go to heaven and we think that because we treated our, our children or our wife or our husband or those who who we we saw as loving us, we treated them well, but then and we were all planning to go to heaven based on our treatment of them. But then God come in and said, no, I'm going to judge you based on your treatment of your enemies uh, who we have cursed, who we have backbit, who we have spoke evil against. God said, no, I'm not going to judge you based on what you did to the people that love you. I'm going I'm to judge you based on what you did to the people that hated you. Do good to your enemies, my brother and my sister. Let us do good to our enemies. Jesus instructs us to do good to those who despitefully use us and persecute us. That we may be complete like Jesus was. Jesus even prayed for his enemies. That the Father might forgive them because he knew that they didn't know. They had stuck nails in his hands, nails in his feet, crown of thorns around his head, beat him and slapped him and did all kind of terrible things. And Jesus still was able to say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That is my prayer for you. That is my prayer for me that we will have enough forgiveness in our hearts, that we'll not only just forgive our friends and our loved ones, but we'll forgive our enemies and forgive those who despitefully use us and persecute us. Well, we bless God for each of you. We pray the Lord continues to bless us and to continue to take us higher and further in his spirit, in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ. God bless you, children of God. That's the message. This is Apostle Robert Bryant signing out for the Christian Center Church worldwide. If you want to be a blessing to this ministry, please feel free. To go to our church website and let the Lord use you. If this ministry is a blessing to you. I see some of you. I see a, a number of you all that are tuning in on a daily basis, but I'm only seeing a few of you all that are actually uh, being a financial blessing to to this ministry. You know, if you really want to uh, receive, begin to sow into a ministry. You know, 
The Bible says whoever gives a prophet even a cup of cold water. In other words, he didn't just send the prophet away with, you know, prophet thank you or well done. No, if anyone gives. In other words, they came up with something tangible to give to the prophet. If anyone gives even a cup of cold water to a prophet or a righteous man because he's a prophet or because he's a righteous man, he will certainly not lose his reward. So what do we understand? That if we don't give the prophet, if we don't give the spokesman for God something, we will run the risk of losing our reward. May that not be your portion. In the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ. The Lord bless you, children of God. Heaven smile on you. Uh, Lord willing, I'll be back in the United States uh, very soon to all the great people of God in Lagos, Nigeria. Uh, I thank you. I appreciate all that you have done for me with my health being where it is right right now. Uh, I need little more assistance than I did at other stages and points in my life. And I, I'm so thankful that God has uh, positioned me to be around great people who are uh, compassionate and considerate enough to help me in this time of need. I know that God will continue to bless each of you and continue to take you higher. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, we have prayed. The Lord bless you, children of God, and may heaven continue to smile on you.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.